to the Hootsie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we return once again to our Series 3 retrospective, and this time we take a look at the sound of drums. But first, let's have a little bit of news, and it really is a little bit of news this week, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> There's not a lot to discuss. Um, okay, well, first up, we have writer news uh, for Series 8, and it's been confirmed that Steve Thompson is coming back to write episode 5 of series 8. Now, for those, popular demand. Yes, yes. Now, for those of you who don't remember which episode Steve Thompson wrote uh, previously for Doctor Who, his previous efforts were The Curse of the Black Spot and The Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS, which, let's be honest, aren't fan favourites, are they? No. And they're not favourites of this podcast, either. <laughs> yeah, um... Despite all the, the sort of reassurances that this series is going to be completely different, um, we seem to be getting a lot of the old sort of scribes coming back, aren't we? Yes. And I suppose the argument being that they can, they've now got something new to write for. But, mm. yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, this hasn't gone down well in a lot of circles, I've got to be perfectly honest, and I'm not over the moon myself, but, um, but then people do say, well... He did write the Reichenbach Fall for Sherlock, which is everyone said was really good. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 just can he do it for Doctor Who? Can he do it for Doctor Who? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. So Third time lucky. I don't know. Well, possibly. Um, I don't know. I, I just think some writers just aren't suited to Doctor Who. No, that they're asked to do it, but I don't think sci-fi is their is their thing really. And I think he's probably one of those um, writers that sci-fi isn't his thing. But he, he did okay for Sherlock. Maybe that's where where his talents lie. But who, I mean, no, who am I to criticise? You know, I <laughs> I I run some little tin pot podcast, and I've never written a thing in my life. So what the hell would I know about anything? But yeah, it's it does... <laughs> but, but we're fans. We know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our opinion matters. Damn it. We have a loudest voice because we've got the internet at our fingertips. Christ's sake. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's due to our unwavering dislike of his episodes that he's back. Yes. <laughs> back by unpopular demand. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to, I mean, you know, don't want to give the, you know, do the dark guy a disservice, but, you know, I don't think you know, Doctor <laughs> Who is his strong point. He's useless. <laughs> yes, he's useless. Absolutely hopeless. He's completely like a bloody washout. He should go and sit on the naughty step and ruminate on his behaviour. That's all I'm going to say. Fast forward to September this year. <laughs> what a fantastic episode yeah, that was. <laughs> Steve Thompson's the saviour of Doctor Who. Who? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, as, as we said, it, it's, it could be third time lucky. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Now, um, some indirect news um, to do with Doctor Who. Now, BBC Three, as most of you might have already heard this year, it is this year, last week, sorry. Um, it is going to cease transmission and move to an online only channel um, uh, in the autumn of next year. Now, as we know, Doctor Who was featured quite prominently in the early days of BBC Three, didn't it? With Doctor Who Confidential, this, yeah. and they still show repeats um, of Doctor Who. 
and it also contributed quite a bit to the 50th anniversary celebrations. Yes. With the, and it, it, it peaked yeah. with the after party, and they decided that was that. There's nothing more they can do with them. <laughs> yes, indeed. There was, there was nothing left to do after that. Um, but I've, I think really the after party was probably the case in point of how bad BBC Three had actually got. Yes, really. I think it would. It really did sort of highlight the direction the BBC Three went in uh, with its ever. So ever ending, sort of never ending, I should say, uh, chase for the youth audience, and I don't actually know any youth that actually watch the crap they were churning out. To be honest, mm, I don't really know any youth. To be honest, no. I, I know <laughs> my youth is even well, I, I work with people <laughs> a dance site younger than, than than me, and apparently they were aiming for the. So, so was it the fifth? Apparently they don't come to the place. What year is that? <laughs> <laughs> Now, apparently they were aiming for the 15 to 35-year-old um, audience bracket. Yeah, because that's that's quite a, a narrow audience bracket. It know? is, isn't it? And you, I, you don't change taste between those two ages, do you? No, not at all. You know, I mean, between that age that age group, you know, you're going to be watching Snog, Mary and Avoid, aren't you? Oh. You know, it's... Oh. I mean, that's the. I mean, that just says it all, really. And I'm not surprised that they chose BBC Three to be acts. And I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's a great output for comedy," but I can't remember the last thing I actually watched on BBC Three, comedy-wise, to be mm. perfectly honest. Um, and it has had some big hits like um, Gavin and Stacey, Mighty Boosh, um, Little Britain started on there as well. But that was a, a lot of diminishing returns after a, after a few series. But um, I, I must be honest. I'm I'm not at all surprised. Yeah, only thing I mean, that, it makes sense. Yeah. They're going to move one channel to be a sort of online channel only. Then, hmm. if you're going to if you're doing it to the youth, you're going to make the youth channel that one because most of the links <laughs> will be able to find it. Hmm. <laughs> they want to see it. Indeed, indeed. Um, they should they should have just brought out an OAP channel, especially on <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Just called it BBC Horlicks or something. <laughs> BBC Comfy Slippers. <laughs> or BBC Incontinence Pants. <laughs> no need to go there. Is there? <laughs> That's what they said to all the old people. Hence, <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so... um I dare say... That's got him, I've got him. I've killed Paul. I've finished him off. Um, I've got, I think that there probably will be um, a certain sort of core of people who will be sad to see BBC Three go. Uh, I'm not, to be honest. It was a choice between that and four, BBC Four. Then yeah. you know, they've made the right decision as well. Yeah, sorry. same here. Um, BBC Four, OK, a lot of it is made out of repeats, but they have come up with some absolutely fantastic um, stuff. Like I'm, I'm looking at uh, Life of Rock with Brian Pern. Yeah, I know it's got nothing to do with Doctor Who, but um, you know, but that, that's one of the many things. But of course, the argument there is that BBC Four is what BBC Two used to do. Yeah, before BBC Two became obsessed with um, baking, really. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think out of the two, yeah, BBC Three had to go, in my opinion. And let's not forget, of course, that um, BBC Three featured in the Demons, didn't it? Yes. I mean, if, where, where are we going to watch our archaeological dig stuff now? Well, that's what you find the BBC Four. That's the ironic thing, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> oh dear. Right. Okay. Well, that's really it for the news that we could be bothered to look up this week. Uh, to be honest, um, but of course, it doesn't stop us 
from making a quick jump over to Omicus Tech Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Right, now, in the Tech Corner this week, we have got, yet again, some quality mintage. Oh, yes. Yes, we return to quality mintage. Now, uh, again, we return to the New Zealand Mint. And they're, they're on a bit of a roll at the moment, aren't they? Oh, they must have found a new silver mine, mustn't they? I think they must have done, actually. Uh, because now you can get a Weeping Angel limited edition silver coin. Hmm. Yes. Sexy. Um, it does come in a nice little presentation box, which, I mean, it must admit, it does look rather... It looks more like a medal, doesn't it, rather than a... Uh, the, yeah. the coin. Yeah, I think it looks quite... Um... <laughs> Services to outrageous spending. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, now, um, obviously, it's got Weeping Angel on the front, and it says it's set against a dramatic colour background surrounded by a finely struck border. Uh, the inscription Doctor Who also features in the design. The coin's obverse depicts the in-rank broadly effigy of a Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II. God bless her. Uh, so... It's a one dollar, one New Zealand dollar denomination. Uh, there are five thousand in this run, so as I say, it's a limited edition. And I believe, looking at the little other little link here, it is uh, sixty-eight Australian dollars or thirty-seven right. pounds. That's not too bad that's compared to some of the others. Exactly. Yeah, that's a little bit more, a little bit more like it. Um, now, I think that's sort of like it's still, but it's only 99.9% pure silver. I wonder what the other 0.1% is. Yes. Real weeping angel or something. Oh, stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you stare at it for too long. <laughs> it takes your money. I think that's what it does. But uh, yeah, um, I must be honest, out of all the uh, sort of coins they bought out, it's, it's not badly priced. I still wouldn't, I don't know if I, I would buy one or not, but yeah, looks okay, to be oh. honest. Um, and you can buy this from, it's just the Perth Mint Australia. Actually, I was selling it for the 68 Australian dollars, even though it's actually New Zealand Mint. Um, I can't actually find a price for New Zealand dollars, unfortunately. But it looks like um, orders will be fulfilled, as it says here, in order of purchase, commencing the week beginning 18th of March. So basically you can pre-order your coin if you're so interested. Yes. There we go. Okay, now another little bit of tap. And it's one you found, Paul, and it's a little on a free online game, isn't it? It is. Yeah, someone's done a little version of a uh, little flash game of Pac-Man. Uh, but instead of outrunning ghosts, you outrun Daleks. And um, all the way through it, it's got a little 8-bit version of the Doctor Who theme tune. Now, I've only had a very, very quick look at this. And obviously, rather than picking up the, uh, the pills uh, to... Um, be able to capture the, the the ghosts or Daleks in this case, you uh, collect uh, eat a sonic screwdriver rather. So um, yeah, I've had a quick look at it, and it's I say the the eight bit Doctor Who theme tune does sound rather cool actually. <laughs> Have you had a look at it yourself yet, Paul? I have caught it being a game. I haven't looked at it. At all. <laughs> <laughs> now the same people have also done. Um, I don't know if it's the same people. There's also another fan-made Doctor Who game called Dalek Invaders, which is obviously, by its title, means Space Invaders with Daleks instead. Uh, and again, it's got a nice little 8-bit uh, Doctor Who theme tune there. Uh, yeah, they, they look okay, actually. It's very retro. I'll give it that. That's what you want, though, from that sort of game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I quite like it, to be honest. Uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to put these uh, links up on our... Uh, up on our Facebook group after we've um, sort of after we've published this podcast, 
so you can all have a uh, have a little have a little play of them if you so wish. Okay, so that's it. That is it for the news this week. I did say it was short, and we I, I, we can't fill in the time with anything else, can we? No, that's it. I think S- song on a dance, perhaps. There we go. We get, no, BBC Three's finished now. It's not. Oh, worth it. damn. Never, never get on there. No, never mind. Never mind. Okay, so coming up after a little little short break, we'll bear our uh, review of the sound of drums. So for another week, then that was the news. Right then, everybody, it's time to return once again to our Series 3 retrospective. And we're very near the end, folks. We're very nearly the end for this. So, uh, this week, we're talking about the sound of drums. Let the work of government begin. Diplomatic relations with a new species. And these are my friends. Take it! Run for your life! Fire! I said... Air Force One has landed on British soil. Mr. President, sir. Our unit has control of this operation. And what this country really needs, right now, is a doctor. Right, it's my turn to kick this one off, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, now, I've got to be honest, I was slightly nervous about coming back to this one because uh, it has got a fairly bad rap. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, and it hasn't really changed for a lot of people in the intervening years. And I must admit, I didn't particularly enjoy it when I, when I first uh, watched it all those years ago. Um, however, I've got to be honest. When I watched it last night, I you quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoy. I didn't mind it to be. Honest, I mean, but it's it is ridiculous. This is this is slightly worrying because I had the same. I've got the same feeling. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought, oh, this one. When I'm watching this, I'm thinking, oh, I hope you still hate this because we can have a quite a good argument on it now. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I mean, it's not, it's not brilliant by any stretch of the imagination. It really isn't. But I, I don't know. I just kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I found myself watching this and thinking to myself, right, this is a, a reasonable story, mm. and actually now watching it. And I think my biggest problem watching it the first time is, to me, the master is always Roger Delgado. Yeah. And I really had a problem with John Sim's performance as this. Sh- should, we, should we talk about John Sim? Well, this is where, this is where I was going to go to. And yeah. actually, watching it now, with trying to put any prejudice behind me, yeah, it's actually a very enjoyable comic performance, I thought. Yeah, now... Over the top. It's over the top, but, but but I've got to be honest, it's not as over the top as I remember it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's to come, I think. Yeah, I th- probably the next... Which, which is, oh, slightly has hanging over this episode. Yeah. But no, uh, I just liked it, the little double takes, the going back, opening the door again to hear the screaming in his face when he turns around. Yeah, I I think that's that's probably the bits where I didn't enjoy his performance. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was the it was the non comic bits. I thought he was a brilliant master. I thought that I thought that the comic bits in this they were overdone. That it, it was it was too over the top. No, but I, 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 actually, but I, but I enjoyed but, it. This but, but, but I think, but, but I wanted to take it out of concept of this. this story. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But I, I, I think that's the the thing that people latch onto about John Sims' performance as the master. And they forget about the, the the other bits where he where he is where he's a bit more controlled in his performance. I mean, I think that was always the that was actually 
let's really talk about it. that was always actually the problem with his performance was the fact is you know there's a very good actor there who could yeah. have done it any way he wanted yeah i mean like the, the and same... been brilliant at it. oh yeah i mean and I mean, they gave him this... and he did it as an over-the-top yeah. comic character well i know again and i've uh, we come back to this thing again it was i mean i think it's the same with um anthony ainley as well he was asked by the producer to to play it over the top yeah, J&T wanted him to play it like that and it, again it was Russell T Davis wanted him to play it like this yeah um, but as I said if you look at the scene where the master and the doctor have that phone conversation brilliant that was so well acted by the pair of them yeah and I think it, I think but that's that's when I liked his portrayal of the master so it was a bit more a bit more controlled and a little bit more um, sort of menacing if you were, but oh, I mean, I the the, the problem, yeah, I I totally agree with you. I just think that the fact is, you, you've almost got to look at them as two different things going on. Mm. The master, John Sim as the master, and the story are two different things in this episode. I think, mm. and you could, and I find myself enjoying both, but as long as I kept them separate, yeah, yeah, I know, I, yeah, I know exactly what you what you're coming from. I know exactly what you're coming from. Um. I think it's like the bit when he first um, walks into his like his first cabinet meeting. Yeah. Um, with with the whole gas mask thing. Now yeah. again, he, he, he and he's sort of like the happy face and, and angry face thing. I think again that was that was over the top. But I think the the bit when he, he gassed the cabinet and, the, and, and he says he, you're insane. You're insane. He, he gives the big thumbs, thumbs up. up. I didn't mind that because it just proves that he is insane. Yeah. Really, um, but it's it's when he's sort of prancing around like a, uh, how can I put it? like like a court jester? I think that that for me that's when it, it doesn't work. But when but when he's actually sort of been sort of me- when the dialogue is menacing, it's written as menacing, but he's playing it as a little bit gleeful. Yeah, that yeah that 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 works for me. Yeah, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure totally that yeah I'm not saying that his performance works in this at all, actually, to be honest. <laughs> um, but just, I think it's, I think it's a good performance. I think he's, he's acting in it and he's comic acting in it. He's brilliant. Yeah. I just think it's, yeah. It just rather perhaps not have had that as my master in this. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, and I, I mean, again, the whole thing with the, uh, he's, he's playing as well. And I, and I think in the whole scheme of Doctor Who sort of, Villain schemes. It, it's probably one of the most outlandish ones they they've had so far, and I, I don't know if it's one one of the one of the I don't know one of the worst ones. Um. Well, I mean, up to up to now, I mean, it's because not because, been re- too... because really there is no need for him to do that, is there? We, we know what what you know. Obviously, really, we find out what the the Toclophane are in the next episode. But obviously, for the purposes of yeah. this conversation, we know it is the human race. Of the of the far future, I oh, spot it for me. Now. I spot it for you now. But but is there really any need for that? Because he, he basically already he was already controlling the population of Great Britain, wasn't he? Yeah, to a large extent. Yeah, was there really any need for this whole Toclophane invasion at the end? Oh, it, it's yeah, it's really all to do with revenge on the Doctor, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is to a. It's to a certain. He knows degree. the doctor's going to come back. He does, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know if it's because he. I mean, I mean, I like the thing that he, the the doctor at the end of you find at the end of Utopia that he's he's locked the TARDIS cord and so he can only go backwards and forwards between the two 
same points in time. Yeah. Uh, which I think is an, an interesting thing. And But obviously... Well, I mean, without you know, that, you, you've got a, a question of, oh, there's a coincidence. They've both landed up yeah. in the same place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the whole thing is only sort of taken him to 18 months to, to, to rise to where he was, of where he is now, you know, the Prime Minister of Great Britain. I, mean, I don't know if that, that that bit entirely works. I think it would have been a bit more of a longer game. Well, I don't know. I mean, the question, the question is, they say the first thing he sets up is the... Um, the Archangel Network. Yeah. And once but, he's done that... But how then... did he... But the, the thing, again, there was no um, sort of backstory into that. No, as to, as to where he comes. I mean, I suppose the idea being that if someone brilliant turns up one day with a, a system that says to what works and seems to work brilliantly, mm. then people will invest in it very quickly. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. But it just it just seemed a bit too... 18 months just seemed too short a period to, to do all that. Because obviously he must have set that up because it also he, he sort of... Um, they talk about uh, sort of the fall of Harriet Jones... Yeah, and that's so he becomes elected as prime minister. So again, he, he must have. How long did it take? And so that's what I, that's the one thing I had the problem with. How long did it take him to set up this archangel network prior to that? Because obviously he had to put that in place first before he could tout himself as a future prime minister. Yeah, well, I want. Yeah, it, it, that that that's the that's where the question you're going to have to take, isn't it? Is that yeah, you got to take with a, with a huge. Not a pinch of salt, a big sack of salt, really. If that's yes. how quickly he could do that, um, but but he also yeah. designs the the valiant, doesn't he, as well, and gets that built. So yeah, which is in which eighteen is a, months. Yeah, which is another another weird weird thing. But uh, well, I we're do, still I, waiting for two aircraft carriers, aren't we, in this country? Well, exactly. Yeah, back in nineteen ninety something. <laughs> Six. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's quite weird actually because it sort of shows. Uh, Sort of, it's, it's almost like a, like a parallel Great Britain to a certain extent. It's, it's like it's like from a, like a, a parallel universe. This this Great Britain is meant to be sitting yeah. our on our planet Earth because there is absolutely no way anything like that would ever get built that quickly. I mean, they kind of repair the roads. You know, a little pothole takes them three weeks to bloody fill in. You know, because it's oh god. But you know, it it's it, it really is like a like a fantasy land, really, isn't it? So yeah. But um, I like the idea. Um, I just like the idea we're talking about about an alien with two hearts that becomes prime minister, and the thing we're complaining about is the speed at which he built an aircraft. Yeah, I know, I know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? That's not being the truthful bit in this story. No, the thing is, I I like the idea of um, I like the idea of the um, of the valiant because it's 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 goes back to the old unit. When you first yeah. when you see him in uh, in the invasion, because basically it's this mobile base in a, in, a, in an aircraft, and I, I'd like the fact they've they've sort of taken it to a ne- its next step, yeah. Really, and I like that. I like the fact that you know units got this mobile base again, even though it's the master that's actually um, actually created it. But uh, but yeah, I like it, and it, it looked good on on the screen as well. It did look good on the screen, I think. And you know, it's um, the fact that you see the aircraft landing on it are actually look like little seven four sevens. Which just goes to show how big the damn thing is, you know. Um, yeah, so I like it. I like the idea of the Valiant. I really do. I really do. Well, I'm not sure though then if the helicopters were in scale. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. But 
They do. I mean, obviously, they do look. Like, <laughs> when they were arguing about skyline. we are indeed. They do look like seven four sevens landing. They, they look like passenger jet aircraft landed on the damn things. Yeah. So rather than uh, sort of fighters or anything, but uh, no, I I like it. I don't know. It's. I mean, other things. So, so I do like. I like the the. It sort of mentions things about the reconstruction of the cabinet rooms, which I've forgotten about until I watched it last night. Yeah. After the this destruction, must be in, the first. Yeah. So I like that after sort of like that references they were destroyed at the end of uh, World War Three back in sort of series one. Uh, you know, it's there's little things like that. Going, you got callbacks to the Lazarus experiment with the with the laser screwdriver. What do you think to to the whole Doctor being aged at the end? I of I don't this? mind it so far. <laughs> so far being the yeah the phrase here. Yeah, if they'd stopped it now. Hmm. Not wanting to go into what the next episode at the moment, but I, yeah, I can I can handle him being aged. I don't mind that. No, and so to, to, to the level we've got is not bad. Yeah, it's um the the only thing I still don't like about the aging thing is the effect they use when when sort of the master's pointing his laser screwdriver at the doctor, um, and he just looks like um um Taz, basically. You know, you know yeah. from, you know, from the the, the uh, Looney Tunes, it was like the Tasmanian Devil sort of whirring about. I sort of expect him to sort of go blah, 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 sort of as he's spinning around or something. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, that's only. I know this sort of like you know they can't afford a lot of you know flashy effects to show aging or anything like you know sort of like like a morphing effect or something like that. But um, I, I'm sure they could have cut with something better than it's like the when the, that big thing about um, in the end of time when they all change into the master that sort of head flicking yeah. effect. Um, it looked bloody awful then. Yeah, if you're not if you're not going to show the transition, then properly, then perhaps in some ways just basically have it out of shot. Yeah, um, or cut in, come covered up in some way. Yeah, it's sort of those, it's one of those things that less is more, isn't it? Put a bag on his head or something. <laughs> Put the doctor in this sack. <laughs> when you take it off, he's old. <laughs> well, there's a certain thing about time sack. in sacks and that, isn't there? That they could have done. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, well, what, what sort of thing would you like to have seen there instead? <laughs> um. No, I mean, yeah, just just didn't necessarily. If they can't, couldn't do it any better than that. Then perhaps to have not tried. Yes, to that extent. Yes, yes. But possibly. I quite like I quite like the the aged, the the, the final age. The makeup did look good. Um, when I say final, I mean final as to the final uh, in this episode. In this episode, yeah. I mean the, the makeup did look very good. I don't know about the. There always to, this one thing was do about old people makeup. They never get the eyes quite right. They're just a little bit too. I know because they were just David Tennant's eyes. When you sort of like got these young person's eyes and an old face, it, it looks wrong. Well, they've started using contact lenses now, haven't they? They have, yeah. To sort of give them that sort of like like a, I call it sort of like more more of a, a greyer look to the pupils, yeah. if you know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, it didn't look quite as um, that just that just stood out. But the the actual old Doctor makeup looked fantastic. It really did, you know. And I think even I mean, it's sort of seven years ago. Yeah, this, this came out, and I think it. I mean, the makeup does still stand up pretty well, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd actually forgotten about how good the the aging to this stage was. Yeah, as I say, it does yeah, that's it. But um, now, one thing um, I must admit when I when I first watched this was when the Doctor was talking about Gallifrey, 
and you go back to like he, he, he sort of imagines what you know or his past you know, what Gary Frey with the, with the big dome city um, and I still he still I still love that scene I know we've seen Gary Frey plenty of times since but there's something about that that particular special effects shot it, it still looks fantastic to me yeah, you, still... you do get this sense of this being a magical place, yeah. almost, don't you? Yeah, and of I, an I... old civilization. Yeah, um, and the fact that they tried uh, their hardest to match the the timeless ceremonial robes that you first saw in the Deadly Assassin. Yeah, with all the with all the sort of like the the, the braiding on, on the headpieces and the very ornate looking uh, shoulder pieces and everything, um, which apparently they had to borrow from the Doctor exhibition in Blackpool. They, apparently they were the original collars. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. All accounts. Um, so they, they, I mean, it looked great. And also what I liked about with the, 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 the Boy Master, they echoed the Time Lord outfits from the War Games. Yeah. So, there was, I mean, I must admit, there was, a, there was a lot of sort of box ticking with regards to, to Doctor Who history. Oh, I mean, in this yeah. story, and to be honest, I mean, never, you could never fault Russell T Davies for that. No, not at all, not at all. I mean, I, I did like that. Um, I must admit, I, mean, I remember sort of back in the day when when he was um, in, he was the showrunner. He did sort of say he would never bring back the master, and uh, but you, but the thing about RTD, I think he was just spinning, he was just spinning everybody a, a, like a yarn, yeah. wasn't he? Really, because I mean, he I was think, just waiting for the. For the I think he was just waiting for the moment um, because yeah. I remember the. Uh, the, the Doctor Who Confidential that came out with this episode, he sort of like, well, of course I had to bring back the Master. So he, he, he liked sort of spinning the um, spinning the audience along, and I kind of miss that now. You don't get that with Moffat a lot, do you? Uh, no, he just he'd, he'd rather just not tell you anything. Yeah, to a certain extent, other than it's going to be heartbreaking or yeah, which I hate yeah. to be honest. I, I just like I like the fact that. Um, RTD used to sort of like talk with the, with the audience a little bit more. Yeah, you know, you sort of pull the rug from under your feet. And yeah, I just I, he was, I think he was he was a good showrunner. I don't think he was, um, as we'll find out. I don't want to sort of dip into the next episode because that's a, that's a we won't be talking about for a few more weeks yet. But it's the finale. It's, 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 it's again, it's that thing. It's, it's, another, it's, it's one of those examples of the finales. He goes overboard yeah. with everything, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so far, this Utopia and this have been a two-part story. You'd be saying that's quite good. I Yeah, I'd be completely happy. I, would yeah. be com- I think a lot of people would have been completely happy with this, actually. I really Strange ending, but... <laughs> it would have been. But what a cliffhanger. Yeah. Imagine that was your cliffhanger leading to the next series. Yeah. Now, that, that would have been a brilliant way to have just ended the series there and then. It really would have been. I, I, I could have... I don't know. Would you would you think then if they ended series three on on this episode and they had to wait a year and then they kicked then they started series four with Last of the Time Lords? Do you think that would have worked better? Do you think sort of Last of the Times would have been looked back and maybe this one as well would have been looked back a bit more fondly? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I may change my opinion in a few weeks' time. No, I don't think so. I just think the the only advantage of that is we'd have had another new episode a week later after Last of the Time to take the taste away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, 
<laughs> but not, not that we want to prejudge last of the time lords of course. Well, it uh, is difficult when it when it comes to talk about these two parts if you're just going to stick to the yeah. you know to the first one. It's yeah. uh, it's difficult. But um, I, I was really trying to put last of the time lords out of my mind when I was watching this just so I could see if I could enjoy this, and I yeah, no, I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you're, I, you're talking about Russell T Davis as well, though. Going back to looking at stuff, I mean, having the master watch Teletubbies was yeah. just the call back to the clangers wasn't it it was it was I, I i mean i like that i like the fact that he was um he was doing that it's uh i don't think as well i like the fact that the master's sort of sitting there drinking a scotch mm. so the master drinks but the doctor doesn't which i quite i quite like actually it's that yin and yang thing again isn't it although um, as we said only this incarnation exactly if it, if it was pertwee he would he would have got out of fine, the bottle of finest claret, wouldn't he? So. He, he, he'd, he'd have been saying, "This is nothing." Let's, let's see what's down in the cellars. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, no, it's uh, no. I, I mean, you know, I know we sort. Of, I've, I've sort of sat and picked a few holes in it, but when you sort of watch it, there is quite a bit to quite a bit to enjoy. Yeah, I think actually. I mean, like we said, with I, I, I still like the the, the um, look back at Gallifrey. I like the thing about the Doctor Martha and Captain Jack being on the run. Yeah, and I actually have to say, the fact is actually that Captain Jack is actually quite well downplayed in this as well. Yes, he is actually. You get no bravado from him, really, do you, in this? No. He is just there to be the Doctor's foil. Because I think the other thing as well, the three of them, that that little tread, they're on the back foot from the off, aren't they? Yeah. There's no escape, really, from... From the situation they're in, and it only sort of gets, it only sort of gets worse, and the whole thing of um, sort of with Martha's family as yeah. well. You know, Martha's mum. She sort of, I suppose you could say she sort of gets her comeuppance in this, doesn't it? You, you, you sort of the penny drops for her about what's you know that's what's really been going on. Yeah, she's been just taken in the with the fact that the doctor is the yeah they've been sort evil of, influence on her. Yeah, daughter. it's it's that whole thing of. Sort of the master's crony, sort of dripping poison into her ear about the doctor, yeah. and this is sort of a, like its payoff. And, yeah, and I, I like the the sort of thing that the master sort of like doing that to to people as well. It's sort of it's almost like um how can I put it? It's almost like a sort of collaborators, isn't it? Yeah, it's like an occupation. It's almost yeah, it's making it worse because it's actually the people that he's actually getting the people that she trusts to. Turn against well to, to to reel her in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I I like that aspect to it. I really do. And that you know the whole thing that you know they're on the run and the master can see all the security cameras and the fact that he can also just drop in a Martha's conversation to um to her, to her brother. Um, yeah. But but, but <laughs> do you think they sort of like Reggie Yates just didn't? Just couldn't commit to any more filming after that because he he was never seen again, was he? <laughs> no, oh, yeah, I, I suspect that was that was done for some reason. And wherever he was when he was filming that, he was actually there. I <laughs> yes, indeed. Rather than they actually got him to come along. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, <clears throat> but of course, the other thing about this, the master does commit murder, and this. And now he hasn't got. He's. he's I mean, I do miss the old tissue compression. A gun he had, but um, he he does sort of commit murder, or rather, he gets people to commit murder on his behalf. Yeah. In this case, it's the the Toclophane because they they murder Vivian Rook because as you alluded to earlier with the whole opening of the door with the screams and 
and everything yeah. like that. But then again, he gets them to kill the United States uh, president. Um, now, do you not think that was a little dig at sort of US policy? Oh, yeah, there totally. by RTD? Because there's a whole thing, he sort of flies in and takes control, um, and it's all my fellow Americans, and I, I'm I'm the representative of planet Earth. And, and yeah, and the, the, I mean, cause there's, there's also actually the even more subtle little dig, because when he first arrives, he arrives as part of UNIT, doesn't he? Yeah. And then you get the bit where he's on the the Valiant when he's talking about um, just going through just before it all starts and that. Yeah. And he was saying, oh, can we get the White House branding everywhere rather than UNIT? Yeah. That's so it. actually, that, that, once he's used UNIT to get in there, United Nations to get in there, and now, now he's in there, now it's America's pushing the UNIT out. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, you could sort it's of... It's very much having a go. Well, yeah. And I'm not, I mean, no disrespect to any of our... Um, American listeners, if there are any, um, but um, yeah, I, I can I can sort of agree with RTD on that one. To be honest, I can I sort of totally understand that you know the, the little um, sort of barbed uh, points in his script there for that one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, there's one other interesting thing as well that sort of like um, I sort of read up is the when he um, President Winters talks about the unit protocols for alien first contact. And he said they were established in 1968. Well, that's the first time UNIT were introduced in, uh, into Doctor Who, which is the yeah. invasion. So, yes. um, yeah, I like that as well. Again, there's the, there's other that was actually well, that one was actually quite subtle, to be honest, wasn't it? There is. I mean, yeah, there, there is quite a lot of subtle in this actually. That's not too bad. I mean, other than it's almost as if like he just poured everything into John Sims Master and yeah, <laughs> to, get, to get it out of his system, so you could then be subtle around everywhere else. Yeah. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know with this one. I, 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 the more I sort of talk about it after we watched it, I mean, I, I said there was a lot wrong with it. I actually also have to say, I also but, like the performance of the actress playing the master's wife. Who's yes. just so. Ale- what is she? Where is she? You know? Yes, Alexandra Bowen. Um, yeah, I, I, what, I, what I'd loved and what I'd forgotten about this is that little dance she does at the end. Yeah. When the plane. Um, uh, I think is it called? Vo- it's not actually. It's not called Rick on the drum. I think it's, is it Voodoo Child or something? It's called. I don't know. I think. I think it's called that. But um. But anyway, um. Yeah, that little dance she does at the end. It's sort of. And like- you see the excitement, and you think she's going to be horrified because of the, the um, the when the woman's killed. Yeah. And you think she'd be horrified, but when you get outside, it's like you you know she's more angry that she actually knew. Yeah, she's sort of like they're being found out. Yeah, really. Yeah, no, not not horrified of what's happened. No, but... not at all. No, it's um, yeah, I love the fact that when the master had complete control over her, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that the doctor said this. He's always had a bit of a hypnotic personality, but again, I like the fact they took the the whole master hypnotism thing to its next level. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a way of bringing the master back that was made sense. Yeah. Exactly. It was sort of like some sort of hypnotic suggestion, wasn't it? I, yeah. know, I, I did. Um, I did quite, did quite like that, and I just to get everybody believing in him. Yeah, and I must admit, you know, I, I, I sort of trying. These the it. demons on a worldwide scale. Yes, it is, isn't it? It is. As I said, you know, there is a there is a lot wrong with this, but I think the more the sort of like I've sort of talked about it with you this evening, I think there, there's a there is a lot to enjoy. Yes, I think actually, I do actually quite. 
you know, as I said at the beginning, I did enjoy watching this again, much to my own surprise. Oh yeah, I, I, I probably other than to do, for doing this, I wouldn't have put this on again. No, I wouldn't. I've got to be honest. It's not. It's not one I was. And I, I, do you know what? I probably wouldn't now actually put this on as just sort of like oh, I fancy watching an episode of Doctor. Who. Oh, I'll, I'll pop in the sound of drums. Yeah, I, I just probably I, I, the last one we reviewed Utopia. I would though. Yeah. No. Yeah. I wouldn't. Be, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't now be too bothered if I then watched Utopia and this again. No, you know, as a, as a one after the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As I said, I think this this would have made a, a perfect end to series three. Yeah, if you could. No, well, I mean, if you had just found some of them. Anyway, look, we can we get to that one. We, we'll we get, get to that to one. We get to it. Yes, because I think yeah. now we were sort of. I have sort of strayed into uh, Last of the Time Lords territory, and I think this yeah. is probably a, a good point to end now. Yes, I think actually because. Um, I think we, you know, I'd actually say to people, I'd give this one another watch. Yes, really. You might be pleasantly surprised. You might be pleasantly surprised because I think that it's people have, as I said at the beginning, people have latched onto the over-the-top aspects of John Sims' portrayal as the master, which I did. So I'll hold my hands up to that one. Um, that's all I could remember about his performance in, in this, and I, as I said, again, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Okay then. Should we leave it there? I think we will. I yes. think we will. Excellent. Excellent. Right now, um, next week. Now we. I was hoping to bring you uh, another episode. Fortunately, Paul, you you can't make next week's episode, could you? I can't. No, you can't. So I was hoping to get a special guest on uh, with us next week. However, our schedules have clashed and and changed and and so forth. So unfortunately, next week's episode is now not going to happen. So we're going to have another break week. Next week, yes. I'm afraid to say. So uh, rather than three weeks and a break, it's actually going to, it's actually going to you've actually only getting two episodes and a break again. However, next week I'll be releasing a couple of old episodes back onto the onto the feed again. However, the weekend after, weekend of the 22nd, isn't it, Paul? It is. It is indeed. Um, that is our third anniversary of the podcast. We've been running for three years. In a couple of weeks' time, and they haven't caught us yet. They haven't caught us yet. We're still cheering at the same old crap. <laughs> So, um, so we're going to celebrate that with a commentary, yes, aren't we? So, um, have we mentioned this already? We did, I didn't think, we? I think we've sort of yes, we did. Did we say what episode it was going to be? We might even have gone that far. We might have done. We're going to say it again anyway. Yes, we selected to celebrate three years of the Hoosie podcast. We're going to do an audio commentary for the Brain of Morbius. So, yeah, so we as we uh, that's it. We had that discussion about we wanted to pick something we actually. Liked, enjoyed, yes. rather than an episode to um, deride, really. Or yeah. not deride, poke fun at, I should say. Yes. Even though we oh, should... I'm sure we'll do that. I'm but... sure we'll do that. But if it had been done in a loving way, I'm It sure. will be. It's always done in a loving way. Always. Yes. It's always done in a loving way. <laughs> yes, um, that's a phrase. <laughs> Your honour. <laughs> unless, unless we have to do time in the Rani again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear, that's one of pure evil. Right, okay then. So, Paul and myself, and Tony, of course, will be back in two weeks' time. So, uh, for another week then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye.
were listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Thank you.